Well, it hasn't happened yet. We're back. This is Brian. This is Carrie. This is Isaac. What's up, everybody? Uh, we're joined today by Althea. Althea, what up? Introduce yourself to the people. Tell them what they need to know. Althea. Um, I'm a college student from Charlottesville, Virginia. Um, and for the last several years, I've been doing a lot of racial justice work here, uh, particularly post A12 Nazi attacks. Yeah, it's been uh, a long and difficult road because conservatives. <laughs> also, Virginia is still technically the South, despite Charlottesville being a little blue pocket. But yeah, I've been out here trying to work, trying to make it so that like my kids have an equitable, have a have a future that won't be crushed by capitalism, rich people, or inequality. But you know, it's slow. It's slow, long work. But that's how I met Isaac. Well, also through my grandmother's church, which is also my church. But yeah, <laughs> word. Yeah. So uh, Althea. This summer, you and a bunch of other folks in Charlottesville founded the Black Youth Action Committee. And uh, you got the state of Virginia to drop a hundred grand to fly a drone over your protest while we did the cha cha slide in the middle of Barracks Road in Charlottesville. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah. No, it was, um, so it's the, it was the defund Black Party. This was in June. Uh, this was very early stages of the BYAC, but we got a bunch of people. We shut down this big intersection in Charlottesville. It ended up being what was essentially just a party with a lot of us yelling at Charlottesville PD that they were going to lose their jobs, which, I mean, I'd love to see it. I would love to see it. But yeah, they... Uh, sent in a bunch of drones. The city of Charlottesville sent in a Parks and Rec work truck to sit in the middle of the intersection for a while. We just sort of gathered around it, ignored it, and then it finally moved, actually. But yeah, I mean, I, I love wasting the state's money. You know, like, when it not comes just, to useless shit. Oh, not wait. just that, but yeah, you can cuss on the pod. It's okay. You're fine. Okay, cool. <laughs> I knew exactly what was happening there. Um, not just that, but UVA PD also brought in like a hundred uh, SWAT Virginia State policemen because they felt like they were scared that something might happen to their precious Thomas Jefferson statue. I mean, how much money, Althea, have we seen in Charlottesville over the last four years? be spent by cops to protect statues. <laughs> a lot of money. It's a lot of time and energy spent on dumb statues that none of us really want. And honestly, I, the amount that I care about Thomas Jefferson is very little. I care about uh, the effect that he had on the community and the fact that uh, a town was created that I now get to live in. But um, I hate him. He was a rapist. He was a hypocrite, a horrible, just a horrible human being. Um, but uh, fuck his statue, honestly. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, we we went from we went from the oh, cussing just to zero to sixty. We're there. I love it. Let's go. Listen, <laughs> if you're a boomer listening to this, 
and you think millennials are radical, listen to my Zoomer comrade here. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I... If you're a boomer listening to this, I highly suggest hopping on TikTok and seeing what that's about because there's a lot of radical stuff going on there. And people discount the app as being like just this thing that kids are using nowadays, which we are, but it's got a huge platform. There are millions of people using it and it's been a, it's had a pretty big effect on the radicalization of Gen Z. And uh, there are a lot of videos up about people who downloaded the app during quarantine and now are super far left, defund the police, fuck cops, like dump Trump, like no longer moderates. Like it's it's really amazing to see because I love radicalizing people because it's like I love seeing the look on people's face when they realize that like a lot of the stuff that they're defending is inherently racist and will in the long run just fuck them over. And it's like, oh, wow, really? Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, and just like, we should burn it all down. I I know that's not how it's going to happen, but I mean, like if we're talking like French revolution, it doesn't cost that much to build a guillotine rowing that idol. Listen, I'm not promoting murder. I'm just saying it doesn't cost a lot to build a guillotine. Well, there, it's it's a common topic <laughs> over the last couple of episodes where something so this, this this the nature of this comes out of uh, guillotines or who's going to be the first in line in the in the revolution, um, <laughs> things of that nature. Yeah, I so I, I, think, I love it. I think the stuff about I have I have a sixteen year old daughter who's on TikTok all the time and is constantly sending me things. I get I get called I get called a boomer on this podcast. Literally in every episode, I've been called a boomer. So let's just bring um, it up now. Not the first one. Well, well here's the first the thing. one because. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> what year were you born? I'm, I'm not a boomer. I, I was born in 1976. I, I, yeah. Okay, so you're definitely not a boomer. I'm not. I know. It's just because Isaac. Isaac likes to. I, that's that's just it's, you know. It's just Isaac. Um, oh no! But, uh, oh, I was just gonna. Go I'll ahead. let you go. No, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Well, what I was gonna say is that my mom and I troll my dad because he was born in '63 making him a boomer so every time he makes a comment about literally anything it's just okay boomer right we just yeah. like listen you like your pain you're not alone even though he is an actual boomer right and and what i was getting at i think is like the, your 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 thought on tiktok about how it is radicalizing people my daughter was already radicalized <laughs> she's already there but sending me she sends me these videos all the time right and so it's like the amount of like where I think YouTube took certain kids like teenage boys in a different direction. TikTok is taking a lot of other people in this direction. And, and I think you're spot on with it. And I had never thought about it that way. But, you know, these quick bites of like, you know, of um, what's what's Kellyanne Conway's daughter's name? Claudia, right? Like, Claudia. Even, even Claudia Conway, like that, yeah. When that stuff starts to like get out of from the teenage and starts to infect into the pseudo boomers like myself, it's like, oh, something is happening here. So I think that's spot on. Yeah. And like the thing is, is that a lot of her stuff has ended up on Fox News. Like there's a running, I'm pretty sure there's a running tally of the amount of times of like her videos shit talking her mom and Trump have ended up in the news like as like an actual topic that is being talked about like on a nationwide televised like TV show. And it's like, it's kind of insane to me is the amount that like these older people are paying attention to us now because of TikTok. And a lot of that started when we trolled Trump 
and bought out all the tickets for his rally. Like that was national news, which is crazy to me. And you don't even like, like the Trump supporters. They don't even know what's going on. They have TikTok. They have K, uh, K-pop. All these things are happening. And they're like, <laughs> we don't even know what the world is. Right. It's like TikTok. No. K-pop. <laughs> I mean, a, the way K-pop is really, it's really in- like it's a I don't love K-pop I'm sorry either. you're a K-pop <laughs> stan I don't like it I'm not. I, don't, I, I can't I can't do it I have friends who like it but I think it's a festering wound <laughs> I'm an adult so I don't think I'm really allowed to like it like at this point there's like an age cutoff. I'm like not like I'm in that halfway point where like you're an adult but you're not really an adult like you can do some adult things but like but an adult mm-hmm. not to be an adult enough not to be a k-pop fan exactly there you go and they're like I know 25 year olds who are into k-pop and I'm like really <laughs> really yeah that's how I feel I'm 26 <laughs> <laughs> well there we go <laughs> and I'm like but I know like uh, people that I've like worked with or whatever who are around my age who've been really into K-pop and I'm like I'm uh, I'm worried <laughs> but is- I will say it's always like it's never like like sometimes the worry when someone's like an adult and really into boy bands is like are you sexualizing children but this is always like queer women who just like really love K-pop and I'm like never worried about them sexualizing children so that's <laughs> good I mean yeah that's like uh, fair as long as I don't have to apologize for listening to Tegan and Sarah and Carly Rae Jepsen as a 32-year-old, then we're fine. Dude, whoa, 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 I, dude, whoa, I took whoa. my kids. I took my kids. I made my kids. I lied and said that they wanted to go and made them go to the Mall of America so I could see Carly Rae Jepsen in concert. So don't even don't even stress. Oh, Carly Rae Jepsen rocks. Yes, awesome. I, I was like, you uh, like, no, you no, like her. And both my kids drop a bomb on is like, Uh-oh. This time. She can't handle it. I don't know if I can be here anymore. Like, not to start some Carly Rae Jepsen slander, but she's kind of overrated. Oh, man. Well, it was oh, nice, having, it was nice having you on the pod, Althea. Um, maybe we should talk about music. voting. <laughs> yeah, so oh, yeah, moving yeah. on. Next topic. We're talk yes. about voting. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, um, as long as we're going to talk about the Gen Z millennial divide, uh, sexualizing children, just kind of like uh, hot button issues. I need to talk about Archie from Riverdale and how he's going to be queuing on soon. <laughs> so Do we're it. talking about so dark ready. Archie, fascist Archie show. Okay. So it's well, the guy who plays Archie. So listen, KJ Appa, don't sue me <laughs> if you hear this. <laughs> but so KJ Appa is, I believe, from New Zealand, but so he does a kind of bad American accent as Archie on the show Riverdale, made famous by Cole Sprouse, who plays Jughead and makes the most unhinged choices possible, I should add. I have seen three seasons. They are crazy. They are. (laughs) Um, I've seen three seasons of Riverdale, so if something happens in the fourth season where Archie actually gets radicalized, could be interesting. I wouldn't know. The thing about KJ Appa is that he's so dumb. (laughs) He's so only the hottest He's one of the dumbest celebrities I've ever seen. And he so he was in that Jeremy Camp biopic of um I Still Believe or whatever, uh, where they like made a movie about Jeremy Camp's first wife dying and dying of cancer, and then it's all very spiritual. I actually watched it in quarantine. <laughs> Because that's the level of unhinged I'm at. But 
So he's already on the Christian train and he's pretty stupid. And he's been posting some interesting things in his Instagram stories recently. And also he is starring in that new Michael Bay movie. That's like about an apocalyptic future where like the government actually cares about coronavirus. And so they're like locking cities down. It looks really bad, but also I just think given all of that, like he could, he's on the cusp of being radicalized into QAnon accidentally. Like he wouldn't know that it was happening because he's like not politically aware and also from (laughs) New England. But soon he's going to be posting about like underground children and Cole Sprouse is going to have to take him aside and be like, buddy. Like, like, this isn't it. (laughs) So that's where I'm at. Like I'm, I am deep into KJ Oppo's psyche. Like, I want to know where he stands on QAnon and whether, like, I just, I need to find out who he follows on Instagram. I need to know if he's seeing the infographics by the momfluencers. Isaac, you look so mad right now. (laughs) You're so mad that I'm discussing this. (laughs) Isaac's like, I just want to talk about voting. (laughs) This is an important topic. Like, voting is important as well. It's a very important thing and it's a very important part of... America America as a whole. But I think because Riverdale is an American show that Americans are obsessed with because the show gets progressively more insane as you watch it. Like Veronica uh like ends up owning a speakeasy. Oh sorry, I mean like spoiler alert. Oh yeah, spoilers for season two of Riverdale. Um yeah. Archie literally starts working for the mob. He's like a capo for the mob. Okay. Yes. Capo. Oh my God. Sorry. A capo. That's the thing you put on a guitar. The guitar thing. A capo. That's even like a double in, indignity Sorry. right there. Can you tell that I live with a musician? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Like the show is crazy. Um, but like, I mean, if I, honestly, I'm probably going to start looking this stuff up. You've probably sent me on like my rabbit hole for the night. No- for the night, I mean, I just I think you know. it's I think it's uh it's it's there. The dots are there if you want to connect them. Eyeball emoji. Cole just, Sprouse, if you hear this, you gotta take care of your buddy. Like well, collect you, your friend. KJ Appa. I mean, if 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 you hear this and want to come on and and uh, defend your your political ideology, feel free. I'm also very fascinated, like as to what he actually believes religious wise, because he is going to be. He's in that Michael Bay movie. He was already in that Jeremy Camp movie, and I think he's going to be in another Christian movie. Um, and like, I think you know, like God's Not Dead level movies actually pay pretty well, and that's why kind of B list actors do them, but. I'm kind of interested if he's like actually evangelical. Who here is who is here watched God's Not Dead? Me, I have yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I watched, oh, two of them. I watched yes, God's Not Dead to <laughs> Tokyo Drift. I saw that one too. So. <laughs> oh, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> I didn't know they were doing a crossover with Fast and Furious. Listen, no one will slander Fast and Furious on this podcast. Uh, I. Will ride and die for the See, family. I, okay, I, so. I, I love that. I love that that Isaac. The, you know the the uh, the bar of of um, you know what's acceptable and, and everything, and will it will it will just come at you on all sorts of different things. And his his two things in this are Carly Rae Jepsen and, and Fast and the Furious. This is one of my favorite takeaways of the podcast. Olivia Wilde um, is Leslie Co. Uh, sorry, it's spelled Cockburn, but it's Coburn. I only yeah. say Cockburn. 
that's her daughter. And I don't know what her name was originally, <laughs> but I like, I feel like she got to Hollywood, had her name, last name was uh, Cockburn. And she was like, ah, oh, shit. Like, I got to change this unless like, I'm going to do porn, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I feel like it'd be a great porn name. I don't know. It, I, that'll probably get cut. But it's fine. <laughs> no, we're definitely leaving that in. Um, yeah. awesome. I do. I do want to steer Sorry, in the direction <laughs> of the election. Yeah. Shout out to Catherine and, and Claude. <laughs> Potential uh, every episode title is Sorry, so Mom and proud. Dad. Yeah. Um, no. So it looks like at this point that Biden is going to win. And we should say that we're record. recording this at Tuesday in the afternoon. Uh, is it Tuesday? Uh, it's not it's, Tuesday, it's, my man. It you know is what I mean? not I, Tuesday. I, I, meant, what the, I don't even know what day it is. Friday. We're recording this it's on Friday, Friday at, two, at oh, in the after, 3 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. It's just to center it. Yeah. yeah, so it looks like Biden is going to win the election. Um, the two Georgia Senate races are going to a runoff. Potential for the Alaska Senate race to be close. Althea... Tell us, this is your first presidential election at being old enough to vote. Tell us how you're feeling with this news. Give us all the takes. I mean, honestly, I'm excited to hate the president a normal amount. Like, there shouldn't be, like, a part of my soul that just, like, despises the president so much that, like, you know, I'm not going to say that, but, like... Actually, fuck it, I will. I mean, <laughs> if it's too hot, you guys can cut it. But, like, I'm excited for a part of my soul not to hate the president so much that, like, if somebody were to kill him, I wouldn't be that upset. <laughs> Joe Biden? Yeah. I don't, because, like, if he did die while President Kamala would um, take over, I don't super love her. But... It's better than Trump, and that's really what I care about right now because Donald Trump is a fascist, and I fucking hate him. I mean, I feel like that's not too hot of a take. I feel like that's very mild right now. Extremely mild. Yeah, and there's extremely mild. And there's multiple ways of of uh, getting podcast noticed. Uh, and I think if you get on some kind of like governmental list for uh, putting a podcast out there about you know getting rid of a president, <laughs> I think that's that's that works, right? That's marketing, right? I. Okay, the amount of times that I've said that on social media, like, two people, our phones are always recording us. Like, I'm pretty sure I'm already on some kind of government watch list, especially considering the, like, activism part of things. Like, I mean, oh, yeah. I'm on something. I'm on some list somewhere. I mean, you guys yeah. probably are, too. Like, I've definitely let's be tweeted honest. about killing the president. There we go. So, like, <laughs> I know for a fact Isaac is on a list. I, like... <laughs> yeah, you're doxing okay. me right now. All, all of our... Uh... No, I'm kidding. Um... <laughs> so, I, I have a question. So, I'm from Roanoke. or Well, I grew up in Texas. My family's from Roanoke. I lived in Roanoke for a year and a half. Um, mm-hmm. So... My relationship, what are my thoughts and opinions on Rona? No, no. <laughs> I'm just, my relationship to Virginia is like pretty different. And I don't actually know that much about like the dynamics of Charlottesville. Um, so like what, I mean, how did you guys, like you guys are talking about activism, but I don't actually know like how y'all met or like what kind of activism you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So cool. Virginia is pretty much like, there's Nova, Charlottesville, Richmond, Virginia Beach. 
Newport News. Like, so Nova is like Northern Virginia. That's what that stands for. It's up like around DC, Charlottesville, it's down here. And then there's Richmond and then Virginia Beach, obviously, beach. Uh, those are our more, those are our liberal pockets. And then the rest of it is very rural. Um, the farther to the left you go, like, into Appalachia, into the coal mining communities, those are going to get really red, um, very white, like one black family, and that's it. Maybe like some other like ethnicity or color, but like very white. Um, and a lot of the stuff here is trying to reverse. Virginia has like gone from like a swing state to being very blue. Um, and so a lot of activism here has been trying to reverse a lot of the shit that these like old white men have done like in the last 20 years, even to uh, really like fuck over communities of color and make it so that like, it's hard as fuck to get uh, health insurance. Like it's hard to buy insulin, like when it was like hard to buy insulin, it still is. I mean, um, it's a lot of like, it's pretty like much your basic stuff that's been like going on all around the country for like hundreds of years. In Charlottesville specifically, I've done a lot of work with uh, in the school systems trying to make that more equitable because we have, I'm trying to remember the number of elementary schools there are. I think there are six or seven. I'm like, I, I think six. And based on where you live, that determines what elementary school you go to. These elementary schools vary in degrees of like how good they are. My, I lived out like in the county when I was younger. So my parents paid for me to go to Venable, which is one of the better ones. And so the kids who go to like Greenbrier and Venable and even Burley and Moran are the ones that like normally end up going to, um, into like honors classes and then taking APs in high school. And then there's the ones who are going and to like these really prestigious universities and a lot of these school, these uh, elementary school, literally it starts at elementary school are in areas where there are white people. Venable's right around UVA. So a lot of professors, kids live there, even though it's right next to a really big black neighborhood. And so a lot of the work that my friends and I did, especially when we were in high school, uh, a part of the black student union, was trying to get it so that like you didn't have to have prerequisites to take honors and APs in high school because one of my friends Trinity who is also part of the BSU is also part of the Black Youth Action Committee she was in very different classes than my friend Zai and I we were like in honors and APs she was generally in like on level classes taking honors sometimes and so that really limited her college choices and a lot of the times when she tried to get into higher level classes, she was stopped by like guidance counselors or she didn't have the right like prereqs, but a lot of those started in like upper elementary. But the thing is, is that like when you're in upper elementary, a lot of that transfers over from elementary school. And so there's a lot of systemic racism within our schooling system because like, yes, we're technically integrated, but what you're looking at is all of these unleveled courses or like on level courses are all of the black, brown minority students, a lot of the ESL kids, and then like honors and APs are all the same like white kids. 
And like in my AP classes, I can count on my hand the amount of like black kids there were in there, the amount of students of color. And so the idea was the uh, point that we were trying to make with our school board was that yes, technically you can say that you provide a really equal education for your kids. But the thing is, is that we're still very much segregated based on these arbitrary rules that you made and like these gaps that you've created because you won't let kids go to schools that are near them. Um, and it's all very like racially divided and it's fucking shit, honestly. And it's something that like is happening in Richmond and Norfolk and Nova too. Like you've got schools that are completely divided by race and they look integrated. They look like they've got like a lot of diversity, but once you get to like those actual classes, not at all. Like you're going to see mostly like brown and Hispanic kids and, um, these on-level classes and all the white kids are taking APs because that's like what they have time for. That's what they've been pushed to do. Or um, if you're like black or brown, it's really hard to sign up for these APs because no matter what, like my guidance counselor said, a lot of the time, like they won't let black and brown students into them because they feel like they're not going to be able to succeed, even though they totally could. And the thing is, is that like giving people the chance to do that. So that's a lot of the stuff that's happening. Um, a lot of uh, racial justice around policing. Like people think of Virginia as not the South, but it still is. I mean, the whole country is racist. Like throwing that one out there. But um, yeah, it's always fascinating when people are like, oh, Virginia's not really the South because when I was living in Roanoke, I was like, this is the most racist place I've ever lived. This is like, except for the neighborhood my parents now live in where I now live. <laughs> yeah like it's one of those things where like people are like oh it's not the south like there's not really a lot of racism but the thing is is there is and like not a lot of people like depending on where you live people may not come up and like directly call you the n-word or a half breed which is what they definitely call <laughs> which i like definitely like on several occasions got called that but like the thing is is that like people don't think we're the South because we're a lot more liberal than other Southern states. But that's mostly to do with the fact that we have a lot of public universities and like, because of our, the way that our cities are, because those, if you look at the map, I'm looking at it right now. Like if you look at those maps, like you can see the counties around those cities that are red and like little blue dots but like once you actually look at the cities themselves, like those are the ones that are blue. Those are the ones that are making Virginia go left and stuff like that. So like when we talk about activism, it's a lot of that. I met Isaac when, so my grandma used to go to Wesley Methodist. She still does, but like got a lot of health issues. So there's that. Isaac came and was the new pastor. I was a little apprehensive to meet him because a lot of <laughs> the pastors before him were elderly, conservative. Um, In the Methodist church? And no. so uh, he's trying, there was like youth group that was going to get started. And so I remember like, there was like this one night where my little brother and I, shout out to my brother, Quentin. He's a wow. wild one. I'm actually seeing him later tonight. Uh, but um, we... I will. Isaac was living in um, a house with Natalie and out in the county. Um, and so a bunch of the six kids that 
<laughs> go to Wesley, went over for like a youth group thing. Uh, Isaac is obsessed with hot takes. Um, we did do a hot take activity. <laughs> I feel like it's like if he, if we made a list of Isaac's top 10 words to use, hot take would be up there. Oh, it yeah. would be in there. I am I calling you out right out. now. Yeah. Yes. being revealed just, on the pod. I know. Oh, <laughs> all takes like will be should. revealed. Yes. Yes. Um, and my mom actually came early to come get my brother and I to save us from having to spend the whole night with Isaac. I don't know if you knew this. Because, I didn't like, know that, yeah, because like we didn't know him. And then um there was this woman, Maria, who was seeking sanctuary. And Isaac was like, fuck yeah, like, okay. He definitely uh sorry to Wesley, but he definitely had to fight to uh be able to get her into sanctuary here. Um after he did that, I was like, okay, so this dude's like, this dude's cool, like, okay. And then he started to get involved with Congregate Seville, which is a group of uh people from around Charlottesville who do a lot of racial justice work um, and helped plan the defense for age 12. Yeah, so that's kind of, that's how I met Isaac. And he's a cool dude. I mean, he's been a really great influence on my little brother. Uh, cool, I mean, I, okay, when I say cool, I mean this very... Um, Quick caveat. It's a very, we're using it as a very loose term considering his love for Carly Rae Jepsen. Oh, um, man. And the fact oh, that he is a grown-ass man who enjoys Carly Rae Jepsen's music. I just need to say that the, the energy of this pod has been so different, whereas usually I'm the one who is getting this kind of energy directed at me. So, Althea, welcome back. Anytime. Friend of, friend of the, official friend of the show. Oh, yes, this is exactly what I wanted. I mean... Well, okay, I've got to defend myself. Um, Do you? With a, with a hot take. No, I don't. No, I, I don't, don't think you're going to be I, able to. I also just... I, think, I, I, I had not remembered the uh, hot take game that I made that I made y'all play, but yeah, it, it's a perfect corollary, corollary to the birth of this podcast, which is about getting canceled for having hot takes. So... Yeah, uh, I love all, that. No, that's all amazing. things will be revealed. Um, yes. Just to kind of jump off of what Althea said, Charlottesville has the worst income inequality in the state. The biggest difference between median low wage and medium highest wage, and uh, it, it is definitely segregated, largely because of the University of Virginia and the role that it plays there. It's a, a really complicated place. Uh, Pause right there. Pause really quick. Um, yeah. My mother works for the University of Virginia, got two degrees from there. I have many friends, many a friend who goes to UVA. I will say this right now. Fuck the University of Virginia. Fuck Thomas Jefferson. And fuck them for being fucking shits to their employees. Okay? Fuck them. Fuck UVA. They said that they were going to pay a bunch of money to help uh, victims of A12. Never did it. Like... UVA is shit, and I hate them. Thank you. Yeah, the, um, in the last year, they also got exposed for pursuing $100 million worth of court cases against people that had medical debt from UVA Medical Center, which is one of the only major hospitals in that part of Virginia. And then mm -hmm. uh, there was even more reporting that they've put liens on over 40,000 houses for people that they sued that couldn't pay. I mean, they just have an absolutely predatory financial history. And recently, Jim Ryan, the president who's 
slogan when he got hired a couple of years ago was, um, we're going to make UVA good and great. He published a, an essay about how UVA would never walk away from Thomas Jefferson because a black woman, a black student who was living on the lawn there wrote fuck UVA on the door of her, uh, of her dorm room and got a bunch of boomers mad about it. And his, his God, a boomer showed up yeah. to her room and was like trying to like, ha- like fight her about that. Like this old white dude showed up yeah. and was like, how dare you say fuck UVA? You live here, like you go to school here. You should be great, like fucking crazy shit. Yeah. So I I have a question about that as well. So I went to UT, which had a bunch of Confederate statues. Uh, sorry, I went to the University of Texas. <laughs> Isaac would like me to make that uh, clarification. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it, which had a bunch of Confederate statues on our main lawn um the main mall and they were recently they were removed in the last few years so now there's just like all these empty pedestals um and i know that uva was create like designed by thomas jefferson i know that the whole spiel or whatever but i mean are there other confederates like what what happened with statues in uva like is it just the thomas jefferson statue that everyone's mad about or is it like multiple What's going uh, on there? there are multiple confederate statues all over charlottesville one fewer Soon to be more, but UVA has a Confederate cemetery. Okay, that they put up a like freaking military barrier in front of after a twelve to prevent anyone from uh, from vandalizing, and literally right next to um, this Confederate cemetery that they keep, you know, immaculately clean is where slaves who built the University of Virginia were buried as just, you know, a complete whatever. And they've, they've recently memorialized the enslaved laborers who built UVA. But um, yeah. yeah, UVA has an entire cemetery to the Confederate dead that they will defend with, you know, as many cops as they want to. Althea can say more about that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, like the only thing that I would have to say is Fuck UVA. Oh, wait, that sounds so... Oh, that's such a good slogan. I should put that on a shirt. You know what? You guys can put it on a shirt. I feel like you guys have the money for that. I don't you're overestimating how much money we <laughs> This podcast is fair. not popular enough. But, we but when that Patreon work. money starts coming in, baby. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. yes. We need to get Black Women Stitch on that. That's where you need to go. Call Lisa. Yes. 100% do it. Yeah. Do you uh, want to call so, Lisa um, or should I? I? That's the real question here. I mean, both. Let's just do it together. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, so maybe uh, like a follow-up question just for me, my own notification is the, so what's, I guess I'm interested in like the connection between uh, the Confederate love at UVA and also like A12 and the activism that you're doing, like are, because I think they have become more connected in the past few months but have they always been that connected like where have y'all been in relation to that um yeah sure so uh the way that uva got really like connected with h12 was the night before there was a church service um and that was the same night that like you see like all these those pictures of the guys in like white polo shirts holding tiki torches that night august 11th um they went 
they like finish their march over to UVA because Jason Kessler and his other friend who he helped uh, organize everything, they went to UVA. Yeah. Like, yeah. They went to UVA and decided like that was where they were going to like end their protest or like their march or whatever. And some students ended up going and surrounding uh, the statue while there were these like crazy white people saying like chanting like you will not replace us you will not replace us um stuff like that actually the church service we like it ended and i was there with my family and like we had to like leave slowly in like small groups to make sure everybody like got home safely and like got away from these crazy people so that's part of it um and there was a lot of activism that ended up springing up as a result of the 12th, a lot of these groups got started because of it, because we realized, because a lot of white folks in Charlottesville realized that there was a really big race issue in Charlottesville, which black sh- people from Charlottesville been new. Um, and so you start, we started to see a lot of groups start to pop up uh, a summer after that, there was a pilgrimage to uh the equal justice justice initiative to go to their lynching memorial i was on that one and so like there was this like really big birth of this activism movement in within charlottesville as a result of the 12. and i think it's been a really interesting shift within the community because like now there's like all these organizers and like everybody kind of knows each other but like now it's like this huge like inner like this huge group with like all of these different people that you probably wouldn't have known anyways because there was some intersection in our like daily lives but after the 12th people were like okay like there's other stuff that we can do to help um there was a bit of an issue with um white people specifically white women taking over the work of black women uh, and that's still a pretty big problem within Charlottesville. But thankfully, a lot of them like have been starting to get called out. Thanks to people like Zy Bryant, who is one of my favorite people. She's a really good friend of mine, um, started the Black Student Union at CHS. She was the one who started the petition to take down the statue. A lot of people will tell you that it's Wes Bellamy. He helped, but it was Zy who started it. It was Diana, a 15-year-old from Charlottesville High School who grew up, was born at the old Martha Jefferson Hospital. I know this for a fact because we were born there on the same day together. And so, like, you start to see a lot of, like, these intersections between these Nazis and a lot of this this white supremacy movement over the statues because of the... um, petition that I started to end the statues. Then we have the 12th, and then we start seeing a lot of these uh, activist groups start to crop up. There's a lot more attention being paid to the uh, city council, to the Charlottesville City of Schools, because there were always these issues, but now, because of the 12th, uh, there's a lot more being done by activist groups in Charlottesville, which has been really important. Uh, and I think it's definitely helped because we were able to create a rule in the dress code that stops students from wearing Confederate imagery 
to school, which is really amazing because it really sucks. Like when you go into school and there's a kid with a Confederate flag and you're like, cool. So like you want slavery back? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Like, thank you for making me feel like I am the other. Like, I love this. Althea, what so, like, did you, yeah. just to jump I in. your question. Althea, how did you feel about uh, Joe Biden using Charlottesville as his, like, um, the the thing that convinced him to run for president? I mean, it's like, okay, like, it was this really big deal that it was super traumatizing for the people in this town, and it was still a really big deal. There's still a lot of work that needs to be done to help with a lot of healing that needs to happen and we like throw around the word healing a lot in Charlottesville but the thing is is that there's a lot of these like things that are going on that have been happening and a lot of people haven't really been paying attention for a really long time because it's always black people who are bringing it up and saying like this is a problem and we as a society have this uh idea where well we love, we love to really just ignore Black people and we really love to ignore Black women who have been trying to call attention to a lot of these issues. And so, like, I mean, like, if that's what convinced Joe to run, then okay. But there are way more issues that, like, should have been, like, the, oh, like, this is, like, okay, cool, like, I'm gonna run. Like, I feel like there were other events that happened before Charlottesville. And so, like, I mean, cool, he picked it. I mean, it's still something that people talk about. Uh, it's still pretty, like, notable, but, like, a lot of people have really forgotten that it happened, specifically people outside of Virginia, outside of Charlottesville. So, like, uh, like seriously, dude? Like, Love that's, like... Yeah, let me throw okay. out there that he was not the only candidate that wanted to use Charlottesville and A12 as like an event for political capital. Beto O'Rourke tried to come through and... and what? Yeah. Yeah. I did not uh, remember that. Yeah. Okay. Well, Sorry, from Texas. It did not end up happening. <laughs> yeah. he, he put feelers out to a bunch of clergy in town and were like, hey, will you like sit down and tell me about race problems? It was after, I guess, Trump had said something new about Charlottesville and, and Beto was like going to come there and call him out or something. And, and everyone was like, actually, maybe just don't. Please don't. Yeah, <laughs> like, please don't. And like, that's a really, that's also an issue where that, uh, that is an issue where like a lot of like politicians will use Charlottesville as a way to like advance their political careers they're like oh i still remember when your town was terrorized by nazis and white supremacists like oh like yeah and then they just sort of use it to be like hmm i care about people who aren't white and rich and it's I like the tone of voice you're using. <laughs> I'm, I'm modeling it after rich white people from charlottesville you know, like, you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about. I see. Um, <laughs> thank you. Do you see my pain? <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, it's like, and it's, like, what, is, like, what good are you actually doing for Charlottesville and for the community? 
after you use us to gain political points. You know, like what what do you plan on giving back to us? Uh, like, and the thing is, is that it's gonna be nothing because it's all about scoring. It's about scoring political points and not actually doing the work or creating laws um, or signing orders that will actually benefit the community and don't just look good on paper. So, I mean, <laughs> that's, where we're at. that's where we're at with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So y'all, Gary, Brian, election reactions, follow-ups, it, we got to make time for Carrie to go to put Rod Dreher in the fight corner. <laughs> <laughs> we need to hear from Althea about the lesbian agenda. Well, and, no, the lesbian. No, go. No, there should also be a honorary fight corner for uh, Nancy Pelosi for that uh, BS tweet she put out today about making sure Georgia doesn't swing too left so we can win this one. Uh, 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 maybe a uh, maybe well, one I didn't for even the next. See that? Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> okay, Nancy. Uh, it, it all started with Abigail Spanberger, your uh, your congresswoman, and in, in uh, Richmond talking about how. Yep. Defund the police almost cost her her uh, re-election. Um, freaking Claire McCaskill was like, I lost because because of trans people, which is... Oh my God, I caused that. I caused it. Me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? I, oh my fucking God. I mean, like... <laughs> that's sort of like... I just... It's important to put out there that Abigail Spanberger was running against an open white supremacist, Nick Freitas, who's a total psychopath, like genuinely uh, a militant white supremacist. And the idea that, you know, she wouldn't have been like, trust me, Spanberger does not believe in defunding the police at the middle, at the height of the border crisis under Trump. She voted for more funding for ICE. So I'm sure it pained her to imagine not enabling the police state that we live in. But the idea that somehow the left um, is the reason why she almost lost to an open white supremacist rather than like white people being pretty openly white supremacist is is laughable. It's like, I I mean, I'm I'm done. Fucking white women. My mom's a white woman. It's really embarrassing. Like... (laughs) I love you, mom. Shout out to Catherine. Um, I love her so much, but she's such a white, she's a white woman. She's radical. She's a white woman. Um, Listen, it's just embarrassing to be associated with white women. Like over 50% of white women have definitely voted for Trump twice now. Like, so I think everybody needs to pack it up. I, I, exactly. Like, and the thing is, is that I am like, I'm currently talking to a white woman. She's great, like very like liberal, like fuck the establishment, like burn it down, which is amazing. Exactly what I'm looking for in a person. But just like, oh my God, it's it's par for the fucking course. I mean, like it, it, it tracks. I mean, Richmond, pretty liberal city, went blue during the election. We'll probably continue to keep going blue because it's in an urban area with like three colleges within it, VCU, Union, and uh, 
fucking U of R. Fuck those bastards. <laughs> Their daddy's money, like, you pay, like, $60,000 to go to a crappy university. No, it's not crappy. It's actually pretty good. But you go to school with a bunch of chads who are also most likely white supremacists. They just don't really know it. You say the N-word for fun. <laughs> Uh, I just like you broken like, Brian. He's no. gone. <laughs> no, Thank fine. you. That's, that's, it's over. No, I'm just I'm just enjoying everything. Oh, <laughs> should have invited you. Nora on. Oh gosh, Nora. Yeah, my daughter. That would have been. Um, yeah, she's. I'm sure she and I will. Oh, the yeah. power of three lesbians on the pod at once would just, be too much. Right, just some, some more radical lesbian uh, energy. That's all, that's what the pod <laughs> needs right now. I, I, yes. I can get her in here. <laughs> I mean, I feel personally, I feel like lesbians will end up ruling the world. There is a meme that I would love to send you guys that I think is personally hilarious. Um, it's uh, the one where it's like the future liberals want... And it's just like a bunch of dominatrixes with whips, like hitting white men to go back to work (laughs) to keep building shit. And I'm like, essentially, this very much like lines up with the lesbian agenda. Like lesbian supremacy 2024. Fuck yes. Like, honestly, like lesbian president, I'd vote for her. Probably. Most likely. As long as she's not a Republican, which is pretty like hard to find, but there are those lesbians who made um, the real women vote for Trump. Like if we talk about videos that live rent free in your mind, that's one of them. <laughs> I could sing it for you right now. I, I won't, but still. <laughs> wow, Carrie, this seems like a good time for you to put prayer in the fight corner. So okay, why don't you take Do it, away? it? Go for it. Yeah, welcome to the fight corner, sponsored by Chili's. Um, Roger Ayers formerly, formally invited to meet me in the Chili's parking lot for a fight. Although I will say I'm unsure if this counts as a fight corner because according to Rod himself, lesbians are already winning the war. So <laughs> Unfair advantage. Uh, I, mean, I mean, I want to, so I want to say right at the top uh, that, so Rod Dreher recently wrote a blog about uh, lesbians because he forgot that bisexual women exist titled no families no children no future and i i mean right at the top i like off the bat i just want to say that this idea of like no families no children no future is rooted in like a white supremacist idea that white people are going to be replaced uh so that's also my fault too you know on top of everything else (laughs) uh i'm not i'm not having enough white children according to jd vance and rod dreher so (laughs) but like so right at the top like that's really bad. And he doesn't get into that in the blog, but like, that's the founding idea, right? Of this blog. It's really bad. Um, but just a quick close reading <laughs> of, of this blog post by Rod Dreher is he starts out by saying like, it's far too simplistic to say that homosexuality brought down Rome, but I'm fixing to say it anyway. And just goes from there. Uh, and he gets into some truly biphobic nonsense because apparently women uh, because of their female sensibilities are all essentially sleeper cells full of potential bisexuality. Mm-hmm. So if you are a straight woman listening to this, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible, according to you Rod. Could, you could be spaghetti. You could. Yeah. Straight until what? It's like... <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, to Rod, I just want to be like, just say you hate women and like, 
get it over with. Like you don't have to pretend like uh, our female sensibilities are what caused bisexuality. Um, so then he, a reader writes in and is like, and this reader says that being gay is cool now. And to that, I say, hell yeah, I am way cooler now that I am a lesbian. And I highly recommend it to anyone <laughs> because uh, it will make you cool. The lesbians are recruiting. Uh, no, my straight friends will like break up with their boyfriends. And I'm like, well, you could always sleep with a woman. Lesbianism's a lot better. I said, just, just try quickly. it. You know what? Just try it. Just try it. Just try um, it. You might U-Haul. The same reader, a direct quote from the same reader says, being female means living a life of glitter and thunder. And that sounds so fucking cool. <laughs> if, <laughs> like, if that was how womanhood felt like to me, I probably wouldn't be trans, I guess. So, like, I mean, strong pitch for womanhood from a Rod Dreher reader, which I wasn't expecting. And then he ends with an anime quote from Naruto Shippuden. <laughs> So again, I say, anime quote, anime quote to end the blog. Uh, So that's just a quick close reading. But after reading the blog and his Twitter feed, I'm really kind of in awe of how mind-numbingly stupid he is. Like it's, it's not a fair fight. (laughs) But just to end out the fight corner, uh, he used the phrase stiffened my giblets while pretending not to, while pretending not to be mad about a bad review that his book got. So I sentenced him to horny jail. Okay. <laughs> what is stiffen my g- What does that mean? I'm afraid. I. What does that mean? I mean, I, I think that's. I think that's the Benedict option. Isn't that what it is? Isn't that like a, that's actually what it is? <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Rod Dreher, one of the funniest people online, <laughs> accidentally, but um, he is terrified of trans people. He blocked me on Twitter for tweeting that at him. That's amazing. Yeah. That, uh, yes. <laughs> he, he can't, but here's the thing. He constantly posts about them. He does not go a week without writing a blog about trans people or lesbians and how they're ruining the world and how they just need to leave him alone, even though I'm sure that they all are. <laughs> Listen, I Here's have my- never heard of Rod Dreher before in my life. But also, uh, scrolling through his Twitter feed, I want to add that he was like an Episcopal clergy person uh, said that the reason that the Episcopal Church is dying is because they uh, committed to sexual liberalism. And to that Episcopal clergy person, I want to say, you're also welcome to the fight corner. Identify yourself and fight me at 815. All right? Eight fifteen Second Avenue. I'll meet you outside. <laughs> Turn on your location. They just want to talk. They that's it. They just want to talk. I promise. <laughs> yeah, I, I would uh, go on to say that in that there's a New Yorker profile of Rod because uh, in the era of platforming people like Richard Spencer and the New York Times and calling him like the chic Nazi, or maybe that was a different Nazi who they called Dapper. I don't know. Anyway, no, that was Richard Spencer. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was Richard Spencer, the Dapper Nazi, when all these mainstream outlets were having them on to give them uh, an opportunity to spew their crap. He got profiled by the New Yorker. And basically what they ended up finding is that his parents hate him. Uh, for not being authentically like Southern and Louisiana enough because he moved to New York to review movies and wasn't doing like um, real work. And so part of the thing, part of the profile is him talking to this New Yorker, art, uh, New Yorker author 
about how he moved back to Louisiana to prove to his dad that he was truly from the bayou. And his dad, he, there's a story that where he cooks gumbo and his dad refuses to eat it. <laughs> I, I'm in awe. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to prove to my dad that I'm truly from the bayou. And his dad's like, I can't eat this liberal shit. I will say, listen, I may be a lesbian, but I I have fewer daddy issues than Rod Dreher. It is clear. <laughs> like conservatives love to say that lesbians are this way because uh, of our daddy issues. But let me tell you, I had a good dad and he eats the gumbo that I make him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, unfortunately, Rod has taken a pretty extreme turn recently. I mean, he wrote a defense of Kyle Rittenhouse the the Kenosha shooter and like called him an American hero. So he um, is, is fully like red build and um, a total psychopath. It was, and and all that, if you, if you even like a a casual reading of, you know, the Benedict option. So the idea that Christians need to like revert back into like, or uh, similar to like what, or how Orthodox Jews live is just, it's, it's that it's, it's all rooted in that idea that Christians are being persecuted, um, obviously by the lesbians as we've just found out. But I mean, it's all been there. Um, But you know, if Rod, if he wants to come on and I mean, we could sample the gumbo, right? Sample the gumbo, give him our, give give him our true uh, uh, feelings on that. Maybe maybe set his card at ease. To like tie back like Christian persecution it, with TikTok, there was a TikTok trend where Christians did go on TikTok and lip sync to "Blow" by Kesha, and then it's like there's a like a hole in the where she goes like there's a hole in the wall, um, yes, and I'm they aware. like make it all. I, I'm aware yes. of Kesha. <laughs> Yes. Uh, no, I, I recite, like, there are other people who listen to this who are not as aware of Kesha. Um, Kesha is amazing. Her music has gotten better over the years. I Personally, I love her growth. I I'm sorry, her. but uh, listen, you're talking Rainbow? shit to Perfect me about album. Carly Rae Jepsen, and you're about to jump on here and defend Timber, which, whatever, okay. No, listen, hold on. I'm not going to defend Timber. However... It was a sexual awakening for me. I'm just throwing that out there. When you like wow. got attracted to Lumberjacks, because that's who that song is for. Like you, the lesbian lumberjack really... crossover is it's established, Isaac. Well, that oh picture God. you tweeted earlier today would of the outfit. I was just like, this is Okay, that picture I like saw I saw that picture that I was mocking and responding to, and I was like, I have every piece of clothing in this picture in my closet right now. <laughs> like, I've got to do Wait, it. What is the... Okay, okay. What is this tweet? What did they have? Sorry. So my Twitter is at Raccoon Sappho. And <laughs> it's like my... It's my top tweets right now. <laughs> okay, wait. Okay, I'm going to need to follow... I Okay, I will follow you on Twitter. Please don't follow me back. I will not add you. I put weird shit on there. It's very... Oh, okay. Yeah. It's very I much mean, I was like going to offer to follow you back, but okay. <laughs> My Twitter is very much like my inner circle and my very inner thoughts that I don't filter. And it's a nightmare. Um, It's a nightmare of a page. Um, I'm a very different person on there. But to go back to this TikTok thing, they were doing this whole dramatic thing and they pretended to be beat up and bloody. And they're like, there's this place where we can go be Christians together because everybody wants to kill us. (laughs) 
Oh, I've seen some of those. They've made it through Twitter. It's, oh my God, it's so dumb. And then there's this like this girl who like is an e-girl. Um, look that up if you don't know what it is. Uh, the results will, will it's great. Um, it has also given birth to the big titty goth girlfriend uh, trend, which is real and amazing. Um, but <laughs> there is this girl on TikTok who has this audio and she's like, if you're not living for Jesus, then oh not that one um sorry it's uh if your friends uh wouldn't describe you as a christian what would they or some shit like that i don't know and people are posting like uh gay like (laughs) the fuck (laughs) like i'm not a christian but like fuck you for trying to like push your religious beliefs onto me and she's like very like there is there are no other religions christianity is the one true religion and it's like fuck you like like seriously she's like 16 or something so maybe she'll change her opinions but like whatever so althea when i was your age it was big just to wear shirts that said jesus is my boyfriend and now we need to get i'd buy a shirt Truly and honestly, if there was a crop top, no, yes. we, I would. What I would love is a crop top that says "Jesus is my girlfriend." That's no. I want Jesus is my big titty goth girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> oh please, wait! Can we make merch for this show? And we can make one that says says that. But we can all. Can we also make one that says Mary Magdalene is my wife? Because I think yes. that would be fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, All right, y'all. I think uh, <laughs> easily at, the temp the on this pod is the hottest. <laughs> the hottest of the show so far. Oh. Althea, that's exactly what that what we hoped you would bring. The right yeah. energy. Thank you. Well, I mean, considering that like our first meeting was me just like trying to say the craziest things to shock and offend the uh, very good, like quiet people that were across the table from me. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Althea, since we can't be your uh, MUFO on Twitter, where where can people find you if they want to, like... I mean, they can find me on Facebook. Um, <clears throat> I, I post stuff on there. They can also find me on Instagram. Uh, my uh, user is alt... Thea, so A L T F E E A. Yes, like a child would say it. It is what it is. Um, I needed a new user that wasn't stars dot heart. Heart was spelled H A R T. Don't I? I don't know. I was twelve. Anyways, <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, Facebook is like my name, Althea, and then I'm sure. Will there be? I'm sure there's a description of mm-hmm. the podcast and like you have my whole last name, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I suggest copy pasting it that into Facebook and I will accept whatever whatever people friend me on there. It's fine. Um, but yeah, that's where people can find me. Word, well, uh, thank you for coming on the show. We hope to have you back. I would love to be back. You guys, you guys, this I I I really love the energy that we've created in the studio today. Truly and honestly. (laughs) Extremely chaotic, which is exactly what we like because this is an apocalyptic age and all takes will be revealed until we get canceled. (laughs) Until until I can cancel Isaac (laughs) (laughs) for being a Carly Rae 
absent Stan. <laughs> yes, Isaac this is the, the only one. The only one on the podcast that admitted to that. Yes. <laughs> no, I know. Like, but here's the thing. I, I would not. Guys guys I like Carly Rae Jepsen. I would not describe myself as a Stan. That's going a little far. Me either. I'm gonna put myself out there. Me either. <laughs> you guys well enough to cancel you isaac however i do know well enough to cancel him i will do that happily wait is that how this is that how the podcast is going to work we're just gonna we're gonna bring on guests and then whoever gets canceled first then they're the new guest they're the new host so all of a sudden isaac is gone yeah has uh usurped my place canceled isaac <laughs> would you guys really want to like be on a podcast with like an almost 20 year old are you sure you want to do that to listen, yourself listen I'm on a podcast with a 26 year old now you know how old Isaac is so it just might as well be an almost 20 year old Isaac is 32 Isaac is younger than my older brother and could be my mother's child I'm not gonna lie to you like it was a conversation that they did have I do know that for a fact <laughs> it's like so yeah. common in church work when I was a youth pastor so many youth parents would be like because I was like 22 and yeah. some youth parents would be like, you could be my child too. And I was like, yeah, okay, well, I just, I'm just asking you to trust me not to kill your child. <laughs> like that's <laughs> pretty much the bar I need right now. <laughs> so I um, am, was a swim instructor and like, I'd go up, like my, some of my coworkers are like older uh, women who I love. Of, but they'd go like get their kids and then I'd be like okay well uh maybe my three I'm Miss Althea like 16 year old me with these like parents who are like that's who I'm trusting my child to get in like 12 feet in front of, of my house I'm, I'll be right back oh, oh careful <laughs> Rod Dreher shows up Rod Dreher he's there he's ready to fight them he 100% if you mentioned being a lesbian, he could show up. It's just like if you oh say, yeah, if you say his name three times in the mirror, he just pops up. Yeah, <laughs> spin in a circle like Bloody Mary. <laughs> yeah, he's like someone's being gay in the world. I must stop them. He's like, oh, the, wor- no. he's like the worst superhero ever. Yeah, we're still technically recording. Uh, do you want to toss oh. us off? Do you want to toss us off? Because we had to keep the thing about the canceling the host. Do you want to toss us off one last time, Isaac? Toss us off one uh, last I know. time. You may. In- End the show. I know. I know. <laughs> I like toss us off. Oh, That's God. awesome. I, I made it through I this whole episode without saying anything embarrassing, and then I end with that. So, just, no, uh, you definitely did say something embarrassing. It was that you like Carly Rae Jepsen. <laughs> oh, but you yes. know, that's like. <laughs> yeah. Not only, not, <laughs> yes. Not only that I liked her, but I that I took my kids and made them pretend it was for them that we went to the Mall of America to see her. It was. It was awesome. At least it wasn't Justin Bieber. No. no. At least it wasn't Justin Bieber. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.